0: Today, we're talking about controlling your anger. Anger is a very powerful emotion that evokes several different responses. Uh, It can take different forms. Uh, Some people feel angry much of the time because they can't stop dwelling on some event in the past that uh, made them upset, angry, or mad. Others, maybe they get angry less often, but when they do, it comes out in fits of rage. Rage. Some people internalize their anger. Some people swallow their anger. Some people grow quiet. Some people, uh, you know, give the silent treatment. Uh, some people blow up. Some people rant and rave. Some people cuss, kick, shout, uh, and scream. Um, you know, there's a right way to express your, to express your anger, and then there's, there's a wrong way uh, to express the way that you're feeling. Solomon said in Proverbs 29, verse 22, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot tempered person commits many sins. He also said in Proverbs 14:17, a quick tempered person does foolish things and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. By show of hands, how many of you would say that you've done something foolish when you were angry. Anybody here? <laughs> okay, we've got an angry crowd here. It's wonderful. I had a feeling I might be dealing with some angry people here this morning. <laughs> we've all done some foolish things, right? And uh, we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at Proverbs and see if we can't glean some truths from the Word of God and on, on how we can properly handle this powerful emotion. Before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you this morning, and we lift up your name, the powerful name of Jesus, uh, Father. We recognize your presence in this place today. Uh, We recognize the presence of your spirit in this place. Uh, Father, we've come today to express our worship to you and then God to hear from you. Lord, these good folks have come today to hear from you, not from me. So Lord, may I fade into the background. and God, may you just speak through me and your word of the truth that you'd have each person to receive. God, I pray that each person this morning would have the ears in tune, listening for what your Holy Spirit may be trying to say to them, what, what message of wisdom you may have for them this morning. So Lord, we just turn to you at this time, and I pray that as we read and study your word, God, that you would uh, guide and direct us. We just dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You know, you don't have to uh, read very far into the news to realize that we live in an angry world, right? Uh, even, even right here just a week or two ago, right here on you know, seventy five up by Amokley Road, there was a road rage that turned into a shooting. I mean this is right in our, our community. Uh, and we're seeing shootings and, and arguments and there are fights and domestic violence and homicide that, that these things typically come from an outburst of anger. Anger is such a powerful emotion and, and so many times we don't know how to deal with it. And we may we may label it different things. We may give it some some pet names, some easier names. We may say that we're frustrated or agitated or upset or maybe flustered. And then these things maybe, you know, can morph into outbursts and meltdowns and blow ups and sometimes we may fly off the handle. If we really get ourselves into a fit, it may lead to rage or or a fury or maybe an uproar. If they're younger, maybe we would call it a tantrum. Uh, Many times it comes out in the form of screaming or cursing or fighting or throwing things. At the end of the day, everything that I just mentioned there is a point somewhere on the spectrum of anger. If you were to view of the spectrum of anger, like a da- uh, like a gauge on a dashboard, you know, perhaps it would look something like this. And you know, down at the green end is is the fact that you know you can be angry and not sin. There is there is ang- anger is an emotion that God built within us that, that that is actually very helpful for many things. And so you can be angry and stay in the green zone, and that anger not lead to sin. But it can. But it, there's times that it can can get into the yellow zone and that's where we need to we need to pay attention we need to we need to be careful that it doesn't trigger we 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 what we want to do is we want to stay in the green zone. I mean, Jesus got angry. He didn't sin, he didn't blow up, he didn't have a meltdown. He responded appropriately to whatever situation he was faced with even when it led to anger. And so I think that we need to. We need. To, it's helpful. You're not going to find this particular graphic anywhere in the Bible. It's not there. But it's a word picture. Jesus would often use word pictures and consider the lilies and the birds. And he would use. And, and I'm kind of using this as a, a, you know, kind of a word picture this morning to help us realize the fact that not all anger is sinful. Not all anger is bad. It's it's where it falls in the spectrum. It's. And I, and I think what we have to be careful of is that when we get into the yellow zone, we need to pay attention so that it doesn 't go into the red zone because when it gets into the red zone that 's when it begins to get sinful that 's when we begin to do things that are wrong or evil or or you know hurtful to other people so I want you to just just to kind of get this thought in your mind and as you find yourself you know in situations where you begin to recognize that, you know, your anger is elevated, just say to yourself, am I in the green zone? I'm in the yellow zone? And, and try to talk yourself back and try to, I'm going to give you some steps and things that we can do to keep from getting into the red zone this morning. But one of the things is, is just a soft word to address the situation that we're facing. Solomon said this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And isn't that true? A harsh word, or, or how about this? Maybe maybe a teenager that mutters something under their breath as they 're walking away. does that anger anyone else, or am I the only person in here that that, that, that has a tendency to kind of amp things up for me a little bit, or, or a smart Aleck response that always is, a, is helpful, or sarcasm. Anybody here use sarcasm? You know, oh God bless you and you. Okay, yeah, okay. Rarely does sarcasm or muttering or any kind of smart aleck response usually that is never met with anything good. Um, but how do we have a measured response when we are faced with those kind of things? How how is it that we can be angry and yet not sin? You know what what we want to do is we want to give a we want to give a soft word, a gentle answer that turns away wrath, and that will get us back to the to the green zone. But if you don't, you can find yourself doing an inappropriate response to a triggering event. And, you know, maybe, maybe you've, you've heard of this. This is how not to deal with anger. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive, carved my name into his leather seats, took a Louisville slugger to both headlights, slashed a hole in all four tires. <laughs> Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats, right? Even somebody as sweet as Carrie Underwood can get angry, right? So let's start with what is anger? Anger is an emotion that alerts us that something is wrong, evil, or annoying. Being an emotion, uh, it's not wrong to get angry. But how we respond to the anger, that's what makes it right or wrong. Paul said this, in your anger, do not sin. He didn't say don't be angry. He says in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's Ephesians 4.26. It's okay to be angry. We just need to never let our response to anger become sinful. That's what I'm calling the red zone uh, on that gauge that I showed you earlier. Uh, Biblically, uh, anger is a God-given energy intended to help us solve problems. God built it into us because there are things that should trigger an angry response. There are things in society, there are things when we see things happening, if we stumble upon somebody beating up somebody else, it should trigger some kind of a response in us so that we, so that we seek to, to help, so that we get involved. If, if we, none of us had anger, we probably wouldn't ever get involved in anything. But we need, to, we need to know how to get involved in a, in a right way and use our anger appropriately. So today I'm going to give you just a few tips on how to diffuse your anger and to keep your response from becoming sinful. And here's point number one. Learn to recognize when your anger is elevated to the point that you're about to do something foolish. Learn to recognize when, when, you're, when you're amping up. Proverbs 14, 29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Quick-tempered. Fly off the handle. Get angry really fast. Listen, a quick-temper often leads to really bad decisions. When you are quick-tempered, you are usually going to say things you later regret. You're going to do things you later regret. And the reality is, it's going to put you into a the red zone, and, and you're going to end up committing all kinds of sin. We've we've seen this. We've seen people uh, they get into fights. We've seen people scream. Have you ever just seen people just lose it and just scream out of out of just anger, uh, cursing, uh, punching walls, slamming doors, kicking cars. Angry outbursts are rarely a good look on you, okay? You know, and they're rarely a good look on me. When we, when we let our anger just get the better uh, of us and we, we just lose it, it doesn't look good. It, it, it's sinful. And we vent, we scream, and we holler, and we curse. And here's the reality. All of these things are learned behaviors, and they can be unlearned. Somewhere along the way, you learned that that was a, that was a way to deal with anger, and so you began to incorporate it into your life and Just like that 's something you learned how to do when you are angry, you can unlearn how to do that when you're angry right i grew up I grew up in a cursing family uh, i i I grew up on the farm, and I thought there were certain words you had to use in order to do certain things, you know. That was just that was part of the way I grew up. It was swearing was a normal part of our household. Didn't give any thought to it. Could just as a little kid just string together some things that would really surprise you folks. And even to this I'll be honest, I'll be candid here this morning. Even to this day, if I hit my head on something or or hit my hand with something, I may mutter some words not commonly found in the old or New Testament. (laughs) You know it can happen, you know. The late Adrian Rogers used to say, "I'm not going to curse, but if you do, I'll say amen." <laughs> amen. amen. That's right. <laughs> so Solomon said, "When you're quick-tempered, you display folly," and that's just a polite way of saying you look like a fool. Uh, you know, if you've ever watched a video of an angry person coming unglued, they look ridiculous. I actually for a brief moment as I was preparing this message thought maybe I would show a video of what I was trying to say but then I thought we'd just have to bleep the whole thing so what would be the what would be the point proverbs 29 again solomon said whoever is patient has great understanding you know a wise person will be, will be patient will will slow down you know patient is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a byproduct of, of living a life that's controlled by the Holy Spirit, by having a relationship that's close with God. If we maintain a close walk with God, if we walk in His Spirit, uh, we will certainly uh, be much better prepared and able to handle the situations that we face. I want to give you some practical suggestions this morning to help you deescalate your anger. If you find yourself in the yellow zone or approaching the red or maybe even in the red, you know, how do, how do you get it back down? What are some things you can do? Well, number one, learn to identify the warning signs that you're starting to get annoyed. Uh, sometimes you need to step away from the situation, uh, try to redirect your thoughts. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to predetermine uh, your reactions to 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 situations, uh, just but you've got to recognize when you are when you're getting angry. Uh, I remember it was a Sunday evening in 1998, I believe, and uh, maybe 1999. I'm not sure. We had just built a new house. Uh, Up in Ohio, I was pastoring a church You know, on the volunteer fire department. Uh, At that point, we had three kids, uh, Aaron, Paul, and Stephen. The boys were five, three, and one. It was a Sunday night, and I usually called. My dad lived in Naples. I was up in Ohio. I'd usually call my dad on Sunday nights to talk about how things went on Sunday morning. And and I was talking to him. Karen was downstairs with Stephen, and the two boys were upstairs playing. Mind you, it's a brand spanking new house. And, And in fact, it was so new that we didn't even yet have... Everything painted just the way we wanted to, and so we had we'd put some paint cans in closets um, to, you know, in preparation to paint the bedroom. So I'm talking to my dad on the phone. The boys are upstairs, and I can hear them playing. And uh, they were driving around. Remember those big yellow Tonka trucks? They were driving around these big yellow Tonka trucks, and Aaron found a, a can of paint in the closet and decided that would be a good thing to haul. And so he put, it was a brand new can, and he put this can of baby blue paint in the back of the back of that Tonka truck, and then drove it over to the stairs, and decided that this would be a good place to unload. And so he tipped the Tonka truck tailgate, and that blue can went boom, boom, and the lid popped off, and it went boom, 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 and I, heard, I thought the kids fell down the stairs. So I jump up out of my Lazy Boy and go there, and and I couldn't believe my eyes, what I saw. It it was horrible. This blue paint all over the walls. We had oak banisters all the way down. It was all over the oak banister. And then it got to the bottom and then splashed the front door. The oak front door, just the whole thing. I mean, I just literally stood there in utter shock at, at the blue paint everywhere. My dad's on the phone saying, "What happened? What happened? <laughs> and I'm like, g- 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 g, you know like, just stay calm, just stay calm He's like he thought I was going to kill him, you know, and had I, we wouldn't have had a bass player here this morning, but so I'm glad I didn't but, but oh my heavens, was I angry, so uh I just had him stand there. I sent Paul to bed, and I had Aaron stand there for two hours while we cleaned. I just well, you get to watch us." Clean this, you know, and uh, what a disaster that was. So sometimes you just, my dad was like, like, just calm down. It'll be okay. We'll make it. So learn to identify when you're getting amped up and then, and then work your way back down. Sometimes it'll help if somebody else kind of talks you down. A second thing you can do to kind of help you overcome uh, an anger, uh, an angry uh, uh, escalation is to quit rehashing the incident that made you mad. Quit going over it and over it and over it again. That's an unproductive strategy. Just, just replaying the events in your mind, it's just going to make you angry over and over and over again. You just have to be willing to forgive and let go of this past situation. We just have to release uh, the, the one who, who did it and and forgive them and, and move on. Um. It it, it really is the only way because if you keep going over it and over it again in your mind, it's just gonna you're you're gonna keep getting angry again all over. Ephesians four thirty one says this: Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Look at this: Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we need to remember, listen, we, we've done a lot of evil in our lives, and just like Christ forgave us for everything that we've done, we need to forgive other people who have hurt us. A third thing we can do to calm down is to avoid what I call worst-case scenario thinking. You know, worst-case scenario is where in your mind you think, oh, well, this is, everything's ruined. You know, everything that the house will never look good again. We'll never get this pain. Oh, you know, you just begin to think, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be horrible forever. There's no way to fix this. That's it. We'll never recover from this. It's gonna cost us a fortune. And we and we immediately go to the worst case scenario. And I, my encouragement to you is don't don't go there. Don't don't go to the worst case. Just calmly say, okay, well, you know, we can we can we can fix this. You know, when I was, when I was a younger man, I would I had a tendency to do this. I would get overly negative when something bad happened. And the older I've gotten, the, the more mellow I have gotten. And you know, now I may be more inclined to say, well, it's not the end of the world. You know, Yes, this is a bad situation, but it's, it's not the end of the world. We'll get through it. We'll fix it. We'll find a way to make this better. And so you just kind of have to talk your way down from this. Uh, psychologists call this cognitive restructuring. Uh, an ordinary person would just say, You need to change the way you think about this. You know, you just, just view it and, and, and see it in a different light. The Apostle Paul suggested this in Philippians 4 8. He said, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You have to change your thinking, and, and just you just can't focus on that which that, that made you angry, that incident. Uh, you, you have to just change your thinking and say, you know, I'm not going to think about that anymore. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to forgive the situation, and I'm going to move on. A fourth thing you can do is to stop and listen before reacting. Take some time to carefully think about your reply. Don't immediately react. You know, Sometimes it's helpful to step away uh, and cool off a little bit before you continue a conversation. Uh, just, just come back later and finish the discussion. Uh, Proverbs 17.27 says this, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. So what's Solomon saying here? Listen, he says, use words with restraint. There's t- there's times you have to restrain what you want to say and you just choose not to say it i'm not going to go there i'm not going to say it i'm just going to i'm just going to back off have be even tempered let me give you the second thing we can do to diffuse our anger and that's to make a choice to let it go the reality is you don't have to respond to every situation sometimes things just happen right it's called life. It, it, it happens. You don't have to respond to everything. The reality is people will drive slowly in the left lane. Blowing your horn, cutting them off, riding their bumper, showing them your tall finger. None of these things will change their behavior. And the reality is they're likely going to be oblivious to it anyway, right? Uh, we went to Orlando uh, this week uh, on Friday to visit some friends. And I had already prepared this sermon, and so I'm driving in the left lane, reminding myself, well, I'm well into the yellow zone, that okay, you know, I don't have to respond, I don't have to, you know, pass really closely by them, I don't have to pull back over. I don't have to blow the horn, but I did blow the horn one time. That was just really annoying. You know, I'm just being honest. Uh, somebody that gets in the left-hand lane and then they're on their phone with their, their phone right here and they stay in the left lane because they can just watch the yellow line with their left eye. You know, it's like, it just it's infuriating. And if you're a left lane driver, God has a place for you. <laughs> if you're not going fast down the left lane, okay, you know, it'll make all of us who get angry at that much more pleasant people. <laughs> But the reality is sometimes we just have to let it go. And I tried this week to let that go on many occasions. There's other things. Accidents happen. Cars bump into cars. Milk gets spilled. Floors get dirty. Kids break things. That's what they do. And we just have to realize that's just, that's just life. And we just need to let it go. Proverbs twelve sixteen says this. Fools show their annoyance at once. But the prudent overlook an insult. You know, Solomon says fools show their annoyance at once. So we need to, we need to, we we don't want to be fools. We don't want to be those persons that immediately get angry and they get lippy and start spouting off things. Sometimes you just need to let things go. Realize the fact that anger is not going to change the outcome of what just happened. Sometimes you're just going to have to deal with it and figure out, okay, well, oh, well, and then move on. But angry outbursts rarely resolve a situation. Think about it. How many times have you gotten angry and blown up and it's actually resolved the situation after you blew up and then all of a sudden everything was better? Does that ever happen? Does it ever happen where you blow it and you're cussing and screaming and kicking and fussing and all of a sudden the situation magically gets better? No, all it does is get worse. All it does is to create more problems. You end up hurting other people. They end up crying, and and it's just just a terrible thing. We just need to make the choice to let it go. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Look at this. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Think about it. In your anger, has it ever produced righteousness? Has has it ever produced anything that would be godly when you get angry and and let it fly? James says, "Be, be quick to listen, but slow to speak let that thought soak in this morning, slow to speak. make the choice. you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna learn to bite my lip. I'm gonna learn to calm down. I'm gonna learn to not say what goes through my head. Wise people listen all throughout since we started since we started studying the book of Proverbs, a major theme has been listen. listen. Stay calm and just listen, not talk. Sometimes when you're listening, just say a quick prayer. Say, God, help me to have a right response to this situation. God, help me to do what's right here. What would bring glory to you in this situation? There's a a saying that I've I've said for years, Try to teach to my kids, wisdom seldom acts in a hurry. Wisdom seldom acts in a hurry. Be careful uh, about rushing into things. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Listen. Listen. Sometimes it helps to to talk to a friend, to call somebody and just say, you know what, I just need to talk to somebody because I, I can feel the fact that my anger is in the red zone and I need to talk to somebody before I do something stupid, before I say something stupid, before I... Before I spew out some things that I can't take back and will later regret. And, and hopefully you've got a friend that will de-escalate the situation and not add fuel to the fire. If so, then don't call that person again. You know, make it, a, make it a choice to call somebody who's going to help talk you down. Somebody who's going to say words of wisdom to you that will help you to respond in an appropriate way. Get some different perspectives. Sometimes uh, others will see things differently, and they'll help you to see, well, maybe it wasn't what you thought it was. So talk to a friend. So how do we deal with anger? Learn to recognize when anger is elevated. Identify the warning signs that you're starting to get angry. Quit rehashing the incident that made you mad. Avoid worst-case scenario thinking. Secondly, make the choice to let it go. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Seek the advice of a trusted friend. And finally this morning, the third way to de-escalate your anger is to hand the situation over to the Lord. Hand the situation over to the Lord. And just say, Lord, this is making me angry. And so I'm handing it over to you. I'm, I'm giving this to you. So often anger drives us to remedy the situation in a way that is unbiblical. That quite frankly is ungodly. Our flesh wants to get even, right? If you broke something of mine, I want to break something of yours, right? Isn't that isn't that what a toddler does? You know, if some kid, one kid builds a tower, the other kid goes over and kicks it over. So then that kid goes over and rip, rips the train tracks apart. That kid was playing. Before long, it just you want to, you know, if you do something that you break something, I'm going to break something here. You cheat me, I'll cheat you. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back, maybe a little bit more. You gossip about me, I'll go online and tell things about you on social media. You say something I disagree with, I'll see to it that you get canceled. We see this escalating in society today. And like first graders in the playground, we get into this retaliation uh, mindset, this fighting and fussing and cussing. But none of that brings glory to God. We need to hand it over to God, forgive, and move on. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Says, so Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll be heaping, you'll, you will heap burning coals in his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God says, just give it to me and let me handle it. That's probably the hardest thing I've I've said here this morning, right? To hand a situation over to God and say, God, you handle this. Why? Because in our mind, we're like, but what if they get away with it? They're going to get away with it. If I hand it over to God, they're just going to get away with it because I won't see that he does anything. So I feel like I'm the one that has to do something. But here's the reality. You do what the Bible says And leave the results to God. All you can do is be obedient to scripture. And trust God. And just say well whatever God you want to do with this. You may have been wronged. Well here's what I know. Jesus was wronged. You may have been betrayed. Well Jesus was betrayed. Perhaps you were falsely accused of something that you didn't do. Well Jesus was falsely accused of things that he didn't do. You may have been hurt. Well Jesus was hurt. Your friends may abandon you. Well, they certainly did that to Jesus. So what's my point? My point is God understands. Quite frankly, he probably understands exactly what happened to you, and he understands how you feel about what happened to you. And he said there's a right way to deal with it and a wrong way to deal with it. And the right way to deal with it is not for you to get revenge. The right way for you and I to deal with it is to hand it over to God. And let him deal with it. But I can tell you right now, our flesh doesn't want to do that. We don't want to forgive. We want to see them suffer. Right? They hurt me. I want to see them hurt back. We don't want to feed them. When they're hungry, we hope they're hungry. Right? That's what our flesh says. They deserve it. We don't want to give them a drink unless it's got strychnine in it. I mean, that's just the way we are. Our flesh just wants to get even. Bible says that's not the way it's to be done. Paul writing said hand it over to God. Because all of this negative kind of thinking it doesn't help and it doesn't heal. All it does is prolong your misery. It makes you miserable for that much longer. It's been said that holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You know, don't let that be you. Proverbs tells us this in Proverbs 24:17, "Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice, or oh, the Lord will see and disapprove and turn His wrath away from them." Our response is not to rejoice when our, when our enemies fail, when they get what's coming to them. We shouldn't be sitting back there like this. That's not the right response. Here's what we know. Sinful people do sinful things and good people get hurt in the process. And you may have been a good person who got hurt in the process and I'm sorry. I've been hurt. Uh, It's happened to me. I, I know what it feels like. And the reality is you probably do too. And the best we can do is hand the situation over to the Lord and let him deal with it the way that he seems and sees that it's best. It's our job to forgive them, to release them from the consequences of their actions. But, yeah, but what if I do that and then they do it again? What if they continue to hurt me after I've forgiven them? How many times do I forgive them? Remember, they asked Jesus this. Do, do, do I do it seven times? He said, 70 times seven. In other words, he's like, you just keep doing it. Is there any pattern here we should follow? Yeah, let's, let's follow the pattern that Jesus has for you and me. How many times do you want Jesus to forgive you for your sins? Just seven times? That thing that you do, that you keep asking for forgiveness for, is there a limit on the times that you want God to forgive you for that? You say, no. Well, that's the point here. Jesus is saying, just just like I've forgiven you over and over and over and over again for the things that you've done, I want you to forgive other people for the things that they've done for you. That doesn't mean that you become a doormat and that you let people walk all over you. You don't let people treat you badly. It doesn't mean forgetting, because you're not going to be able to forget. It doesn't mean condoning. It doesn't mean excusing their wrongful actions. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means you're willing to make an effort to keep the relationship, to work on that relationship, to fix that relationship. If the person who continues to hurt you is a loved one, well, you need to reaffirm your love for them. That's important for you and important for them but you also need to stand up for yourself you need, you need to establish some boundaries you need to make it clear that their sinful behavior will not be tolerated that you're not going to continue to put up with that kind of that kind of thing you need to carefully let them know that you, you demand to be respected and that you're not going to allow yourself to be treated in a way that's ungodly, unbiblical, not right you're not going to allow them to speak to you in those ways forgiving somebody doesn't mean that there's no consequences for their actions you can forgive them but still establish boundaries and consequences for those actions there there are times there need to be new limits new rules and new boundaries established in a relationship if, if somebody's doing something that's wrong but at the end of the day biblically we're called to forgive just the way Christ forgave us Solomon put it this way Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. And then look at this. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's the right thing to do. It's a way that we glorify God. I'm telling you, it goes against every, every grain in our body to do that, but it's the right response. Jesus did it for us. We're to do it for others. Controlling anger is not easy. It's a very powerful emotion. It's a great motivator. It motivates us to do really good things. But it can also cause us to do really bad things. The Bible gives us much insight. We have only scratched the surface today on what the Bible says about anger and how to deal with it. You may find yourself this morning in a situation where you need some help to deal with a particular situation. You say, "I'm not even sure where to turn." Well, you can call any one of us pastors. There are four of us pastors here at the church. We'll help you. We uh, we we have a a unique thing that we do here at Venture Church. We believe so much in the value of Christian and biblical counseling that uh, if it's not something that one of us pastors can help walk you through, we we will we will help you get connected with Southwest Florida Christian Counseling. And we'll pay for the first six sessions for you. So don't let the fact that say, well, I don't think I've got the finances to be able to go to Christian. We'll cover the first six sessions for you. Um, all you need to do is say, hey, I'd like to I'd like to go to uh, the counseling that Pastor Tim recommended. We'll give you the, the number and we'll send an email to them saying, so-and-so is gonna be coming for counseling. We're covering the first six sessions and they won't charge a dime. We do that because we want to help you. It's part of our mission to guide people into a growing relationship with Christ and part of that growing relationship sometimes is the fact that you need a little you need a little help, you need a little coaching. I wish I wish people didn't have a stigma attached with counseling. I wish we could just call it coaching. Everybody wants to be coached. You know, that sounds good. Nobody wants to go to counseling. Why is that? So I just want to call it Christian coaching. You know, have, have somebody that will coach you in how to deal with certain situations and how to overcome certain challenges that you're facing. With. Here's what I know. Every marriage needs counseling at some point. Everyone. And so, you know, you can have a great relationship, but sometimes you didn't see somebody to walk with you in that journey. So let me ask you this morning and now I'm not asking anybody to raise their hands but are you an angry person? Are you a person that finds yourself in the red zone a lot? And you know you, know you shouldn't but you do. Maybe your family knows that you're in the red zone a lot. Maybe your family is the one that's on the other end the receiving end of you. Maybe this message is a a little tap on the shoulder to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit says, you know, you need to deal with that. That anger is not right. The way you're responding to anger is not right. You may need to work on it. Maybe maybe this message is just for you this morning. And and you're like, you know what, I I need to deal with this because I spend way too much time in the red zone. And uh, I hope that you'll internalize these things. You say, but preacher, I'm not sure I can do it well. You can, because Galatians 5, and 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you see how many of those deal with anger? Love, joy, peace, forbearance kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So many of those deal with how we interact with other people. You can do it, but it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. You need God's help. That's why you need Jesus. That's why we all need Jesus. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit working our lives. That's why we need to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, so we don't end up doing things that we shouldn't do. So I don't know where you're at this morning, but I hope that you'll internalize this truth. I mean, the book of Proverbs is very practical. This is how you do life. And so maybe you're here this morning and this is, this is something you need you need help with. I'm gonna pray here in just a moment, but I just want you to just simply pray and say, if that's you this morning, say, you know what, God? I am an angry person and I'm willing to acknowledge it between me and you, God, this morning. Just confess it to God. God, I'm an angry person. I'm dealing with things, and I'm not doing it the right way, and I need your help. Ask God for his help. And then spend some time in the word. Spend some time in prayer. You see, as you walk in the Spirit, the the fruit of the Spirit is the byproduct of living in the Spirit, in a relationship with God, in a growing relationship with Christ. And you'll find that you've got the power to control the powerful, powerful emotion. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person in this room. Lord, there may be some here today that are dealing with anger or maybe a lack of forgiveness. Maybe, God, there's some here today that just haven't been willing or able to let go of certain things. God, I pray that today would be a day of deliverance. God, I pray that even as I am praying, they would pray to you and say, God, I need your help. i want to live in the power of the Spirit. I want to live in victory. I want to live in freedom. God, there may be some people here today that just need to let it go. Let go of those who have hurt them in the past, said bad things, done bad things, hurt them. Just let it go so they can be free to move forward. So God, I pray that we would be men and women quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, God. May we use the anger that we have to motivate us to do good things and right things and not bad things and sinful things. So, Father, help us as we leave here today to be the men and the women that you've called us to be. Help us to follow the example that Solomon gave us in his word but then also all throughout the Old Testament and certainly the life that Jesus modeled for us. Father, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit within us. Use us now in a powerful way. In Christ's name I pray, amen.